$500,000, half a million. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Boston Globe, when Saka tried to fire a cop, it's now paying him five hundred k. City of Woonsocket has agreed to pay a former police officer tried to fire half a million and a years-long legal battle that has placed the state's controversial law enforcement officer's bill of rights in the spotlight, Leah Bohr. Under the terms of the deal that will come before the Woonsocket City Council, Enrique Sosa, Sosa will receive the lump sum payment in exchange for any, any legal claims he has against the city. Sosa has also agreed to waive his right to be reemployed by the city, along with any additional benefits he may have received. Sosa, on the job 2018, accused of breaking into his ex-girlfriend's home in Massachusetts, hiding in a closet, then grabbing a knife she was holding to protect herself, cutting her hand. I want to, he was still on the job. Police officer, when he broke into her home, he admitted to those facts. Case was continued without a finding. He had to meet certain conditions within a year. It was dismissed. City of Woonsocket fired him, but he appealed the termination under Leobor, which is the law dictates how police officers in Rhode Island are punished when accused of everything from minor violations to serious crimes. A Leobor panel sided with Sosa. That is wrong. That's a mistake. A Superior Court judge ruled when Sockett violated the Bill of Rights and the State Supreme Court affirmed the decision over the summer. City Council President John Ward acknowledged settlement was significant, but he said the courts have spoken. Any more delays was, would cost the city more money. We're trying to clear out many of the litigated matters the former mayor failed to resolve as quickly, cost-effective as possible. Time is not our friend in matters like these. Bigger picture, police chiefs, again, Boston Globe and Reform has been urging lawmakers to overhaul Leobor for several years. No consensus has been reached up on Smith Hill, House or Senate. Bait likely to continue when they reconvene General Assembly in January. Folks, this is obscene. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe with that story. He is not entitled. Think how much money that is. No, this is crazy. But what I believe, Leah Bohr, they've been arguing it. So many times when they're arguing about it, it's always from a race perspective. It's always, um, you know, normally it's always done. And it is that there's uh, people of color feel that they're targeted and they want to just go after police officers like that. I think that's not the way to approach this whole thing. I think it's the the dollars and cents that come into play in this whole thing. That's what should be highlighted. And you also saw it shouldn't be uh, this difficult to get rid of a bad police officer, like that Officer Dolan in Pawtucket, where it was it was virtually almost impossible for them to try to fire him. And, you know, everything that they had to go through, folks, it should not it should not be this difficult. By the way, it's also impossible to fire a teacher. It it something is wrong, but this 500,000 in order to try to get rid of somebody who, come on, his actions are not that of someone who should be a member of law enforcement. And I believe, listen, it needs reform. This is crazy. No rational person would uh, agree that someone like this should, in fact, uh, be a police officer. And the fact that now the taxpayers have to shell out, think of that, 500,000 of this guy. And, and and for what? And he was 500000 to someone who was fired for being a, breaking the law as a police officer. Totally wrong. That absolutely needs to be resolved and reformed. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. 
AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252, AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. You know, there's been a lot of criticism of Elon Musk, but I'm a fan and I loved the way he handled things yesterday. I recognize, and I've been critical somewhat. I'm having a different, I, I, I spoke to someone a family member, actually, my son, who said, well, he liked it because he wasn't editing things out. And so there was less censorship and just letting the truth come out. And Elon Musk was, and he's right, and I look at it differently now. Elon Musk was saying, you know, you go to Times Square, there's people yelling different things. And and it doesn't, you, you know, there, there's all kinds of things going in. So I kind of view it differently, but... The interview he gave yesterday, and it, it's a really interesting uh, platform that they put on, the New York Times, with this, um, the Deal Book Summit. And they have all these really impressive guests. It reminds me of when I did my series at the Odium Theater in East Greenwich. <clears throat> um, but he was saying he's, he's not going to be blackmailed by these people because of his opinion he also admitted he made he's made some mistakes but i love his attitude i want to play it and there's a, a package on this i did clarify uh, almost immediately uh what i meant this morning elon musk's regret at the annual new york times deal book summit he said he should not have responded to a post on his social media network x that spouted an anti-semitic conspiracy theory you know if i could go back and say i should in retrospect um not have replied to that particular person um, and I should have uh, written uh, in greater length as to what I meant. Musk then apologized. Essentially, I handed a loaded gun to those who hate me um, and arguably to those who are anti-Semitic. Uh, and for that, uh, I'm quite sorry. I, that, that is not... Uh, that was not my intention. Musk wrote, you have said the actual truth after a user posted that, quote, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Advertisers bolted. Big companies like IBM, Apple, and ABC News parent Disney pulled their advertising from X, Musk using an expletive to describe what he called blackmail, including criticizing Disney CEO Bob Iger, who attended the same summit. Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. Sitting in the audience, the new chief executive of X. Musk's latest remarks complicate her job of convincing advertisers to return. The thing that everyone will remember from today is Elon Musk telling advertisers who have left the platform, left X, to do a profane act to themselves. You know, he has insulted them and he's telling them that they've ruined the company by no longer advertising on the platform. Musk conceded an advertiser boycott would ruin X. But if that happens, Musk insisted the world would believe advertisers killed the platform, not his own behavior and words, guys. You know, I, I really applaud his attitude. And the I can't play what he said, but he basically told, if you're going to blackmail me uh, and, and over censorship, then go you know, blank yourself. And he repeated it. And I thought it was a great moment. And it obviously took off. And I, I, I don't, that's not the way I interpreted what he was saying. He, he, this is, he is a brilliant guy and he looks at things differently. And parts of the interview, he was saying, you know, they were asking him, do you lean right more? 
and he he was a fan of president obama and he said you know we've tesla who's never done any advertising tesla we we've made more electric vehicles than anyone and therefore i invented that and i've contributed more to try to help the planet on climate change than anyone and when the white house had a summit regarding electric vehicles they they didn't even invite him so i don't blame him for then being upset you know um with the huge amount of employees that they have for what he has created and for him to be then insulted in that manner so i i thought the way i came out of watching i thought the interview he did was very compelling and riveting and he is a brilliant guy but a lot of that stuff doesn't get covered i recognize the people on the left and they're going after him for certain things but it is a double-edged um it it, it is it's not double-edged it's a double standard for what they apply to him that others don't he should be applauded and and i agree with him for what he's contributed he's done far more than general motors or anyone else it's like not even remotely close folks you're listening to the john DePietro show the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue west warwick delicious food and drink they have a great bar area always a dependable menu whether you're going to eat there or take out a delicious meal is waiting for you at the coesed inn look for them online you can also find them on facebook whether it's lunch dinner or drinks in the lounge always a good time at the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick you're listening to the john DePietro show i think it's going to be an interesting election uh president biden is not going to have the support that he thought he was going to have or people thought he was going to have and i thought i think one of the first big cracks is in fact brother mark mark fisher black lives matter rhode island now says he is supporting president trump and it's making huge waves let's pick up the local story channel 12 has this controversy with blm and joins us now with their reaction matt Mike Shannon, brother Gary Danzler, the founder of Rhode Island Black Lives Matter, tells me he's disgusted over Mark Fisher's comments on Fox News, while Rhode Island Republican Chairman Joe Powers calling it a major win for the Rhode Island Republican Party. I am watching young black men and women shot. Turn back the clock to 2020. Mark Fisher, a Black Lives Matter Rhode Island leader in the streets of Providence, taking part in a rally leading to the steps of the state house, fighting for change and a voice. But tonight, Fisher making national headlines, using his voice to endorse Donald Trump for president. Trump has done more for the black community than I can, any president I can think of in my lifetime. It's a bad look for uh, Rhode Islanders, period, not just BLM. Rhode Island Black Lives Matter founder brother Gary Dantzler disgusted by Mark Fisher's comments, calling it a major setback for all that Black Lives Matter stands for. It's an insult to the African-American community, and we love our black and brown people, and we don't have nothing against Donald Trump, but he stands for what he stands, and we stand for what we stand for. That you have good, and you got bad, and you got evil. Those are the less, unfortunately, like Mark Fisher was saying, that he represents BLM. He does not represent BLM. But not all agree with Brother Gary. Republican Party of Rhode Island Chairman Joe Powers calling the endorsement a major win for Republicans. But it's good to hear that we have uh, compatriots out there who are actually looking to uh, look at the Republicans as an answer. It's refreshing and uh, to hear that you have people who would normally not go that way um, actually come to the realization that it's the smart move for them because it just makes sense to be a Republican in Rhode Island. And 12 News reached out to Mark Fisher for comment, but were unable to get a hold of him. Live in studio, Matt Paddock, 12 News. Now, I believe we will be speaking to him. I know him. I've communicated with him. I think he's made a good move. It's a good opportunity. And it opens the door. Um, he is showing, like, what's the point of backing a party, and specifically President Biden, who is not, he's really not improving the lives of anyone, let alone those 
uh, people of color. So I think it was a great move by brother by uh, by brother Mark. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shoppa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Shoppa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shoppa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Let's go to a UN woman on CNN refuses to condemn Hamas. CNN, is the reason you won't call out Hamas? The next voice you hear is the Deputy Executive Director, UN Women. And talk about a dodge in a weave. Let's listen how it sounded. Is there a reason, though, Sarah, that you can't specifically call out Hamas and the mounting evidence now over seven weeks that Israeli investigators have collected that we've shown our viewers about the atrocities they committed specifically on October 7th? Because I think that's the crux of the issue here. It's not just condemning sexual violence against women and in any war in general. It's specifically what occurred on October 7th perpetrated by Hamas. Indeed. UN Women always supports impartial, independent investigations into any serious allegations of gender-based or sexual violence. And within the UN family, these investigations are led by the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And just to provide a little bit of context in terms of UN Women's role, UN Women specifically provides and has extensive knowledge on gender-based violence and provides and supports oh, investigations God. as we do with all UN investigations. And so consequently, in this context and within the UN system, it is the Independent International Commission of Inquiry, which for us has the mandate to investigate all alleged violations. It is absolutely... I mean, I don't know how that is possible that this individual just can't condemn Hamas. Maybe we should be surprised. Maybe we shouldn't. How about Chuck Schumer takes to the floor of the Senate, the well, and he said some, um, I thought Senator Schumer, especially saying, you know, the fact that there was some people that we thought that, so to speak, were on our side. Um, He described them as fellow travelers. And then consequently find out Actually, they're they're not on their side in any way. Um, quite the opposite. I want to hear. This is New York Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Carrying clan members or Islamic. Here we go. Many of the people who express these sentiments in America aren't neo-Nazis or card-carrying clan members or Islamist extremists. They're in many cases people that most liberal Jewish Americans felt previously were their ideological fellow travelers. Not long ago, many of us marched together for black and brown lives. We stood against anti-Asian hatred. We protested bigotry against the LGBTQ community. We fought for reproductive justice out of the recognition that injustice against one oppressed group is injustice against all. But apparently, Mr. President, in the eyes of some, this principle does not extend to the Jewish people. Many of the people who express these sentiments in America. You know, I think what he is saying, Schumer, I mean, they're thinking, okay, you know, we're all on the same side. 
obviously not all on the same side. And it, and it's as I have been telling you, it's coming from the Democrat Party. This is not a matter of the Republicans. It's it's the Democrats that are behaving Some this way. Grow up to be the first Jewish party leader in the Senate. Here we go. Uh, hold on. Here Only we go. in America. Only in America. Could an exterminator's son grow up to be the first Jewish party leader in the Senate? But it must be said also, this is not the norm in the grand and long scheme of Jewish history. While my grandfather came to America and encountered opportunity, many of his siblings, cousins, aunts and uncles and other family members remained behind in Eastern Europe. When I was still a young boy, I was told why many branches of our family tree stopped growing forever. In 1941, when the Nazis invaded Ukraine, then part of Galicia, they asked my great-grandmother, the matriarch of the family, the wife of a locally revered rabbi, to gather her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, on the porch of her home, which was located in the town square. As more than 30 people gathered on the porch, aged 85 to three months, the Nazis forced the remaining Jewish citizens of the town to gather in the town square and watch. When the Nazis told my great-grandmother, you are coming with us, she refused. And they machine-gunned down every last one of them. The babies, the elderly, everybody in between. This story resonated deeply in my heart when I first started learning the details of the October 7th massacre in Israel, sadly. It was not the first time I heard of such evil being committed against the Jewish people. Most, if not all Jewish Americans, know stories similar to that of my family. And most, if not all of us, learn this story at a young age. It will be imprinted in our hearts for as long as we live. All Jewish Americans carry in them the scar tissue of this generational trauma, and that directly informs how we are experiencing and processing the rhetoric of today. We see and hear things differently from others because we're deeply sensitive to the deprivation and horrors that can follow the targeting of Jewish people if it is not repudiated. You know, what's also, um, as I have been telling you, and again, that was Senator Chuck Schumer, but as I have said, you have local media that allow it. You have local media that say nothing to try to speak out against what's being said out there. And it's, it's just so despicable. And I, I, I don't understand it other than if they agree in their enablers of the behavior. We've been watching it now since after October 7th, where it's one incident after another. And yet local media... They turned a blind eye. And the same, as a matter of fact, goes for all the Democrats at the Rhode Island State House. You know, to date, you have Representative Maya Ackerman, you have Evan Shanley, and then you have Governor McKee. As far as Democrats, now the Republicans have been very outspoken. But in the Democrat Party, they're the only ones that have spoken out in support of Israel. The rest of Smith Hill, either they're cowards or... Their silence is compliance. They agree and go along with what's being said with the anti-Semitism. There's no other way to interpret it. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie that historic white church shop local inside all quality products vitamins herbal remedies trusted companies they understand quality integrity it's my health it's all about your health local products i say honey maple syrup beef fresh gum you know they carry over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas hemp and cbd products and much more natural skincare products stop it and see marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. 
Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health. And it's my health. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, President Trump just continues to plow ahead, and he is without question the uh, leader by a mile in the Republican primary. But it doesn't mean he does still not have, he still does have legal problems. Here's an update on the case. ABC News has learned that a Trump lawyer provided grand jury testimony damaging to the former president. Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas has the story. Good morning, Pierre. George, good morning. We're getting more insight into the case the special counsel Jack Smith has been trying to build to prove that Donald Trump intentionally broke the law when dealing with those classified documents. Sources familiar with the case tell ABC News that one of Trump's current attorneys has provided potentially damaging testimony to special counsel Jack Smith in connection with his case alleging Donald Trump mishandled those classified documents taken to Mar-a-Lago after he left office. Those sources telling ABC News that Trump attorney Jennifer Little has told investigators that she warned Trump that if he did not comply with a federal subpoena, quote, is going to be a crime. When pressed by investigators, Little allegedly said Trump absolutely understood her warning and that he said something to the effect of, I get it. The alleged conversation took place in a critical meeting at Mar-a-Lago with the lawyer who would lead the efforts to respond to the subpoena, Trump attorney Evan Corcoran. That same day, according to the special counsel indictment, Corcoran recalled discussing with Trump the importance of complying with the federal subpoena. The indictment alleging that Corcoran remembers Trump asking, wouldn't it be better if we just told them we don't have anything here? Jack Smith's office was able to interview Trump's lawyers after a federal judge found that the attorney-client privilege could be pierced because there was evidence suggesting Trump had tried to use his attorneys to commit a crime. What Little allegedly told investigators earlier this year may shed further light on how Smith came to accuse Trump of knowingly violating the law. Trump has maintained his innocence. This is prosecutorial misconduct, and his primary purpose is to steal another election. A spokesman for Trump has thus far declined to comment on the story, and the special counsel's office is also declining to comment. I don't, um, I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, again, we're not hearing the president's defense in all of this. We're hearing, you know, uh, the people that are, are we're hearing one side of the, the story is what I want to say. You know, here's another story. Shannon Doherty, who was Brenda, 90210, Beverly Hills 90210. This is, uh, I think it's interesting. She reveals her stage four breast cancer has spread to her bones and she's continuing on, but she, um, I think it's a story worth listening to. Afraid of dying. I just don't want to die. This morning, actress Shannon Doherty with a painful update on her fight with cancer. It's stage four breast cancer that that spread into my bones. The 52-year-old was first diagnosed with breast cancer in 2015, undergoing chemotherapy, radiation, and a mastectomy. Two years later, the Beverly Hills 90210 actress announcing that her cancer was in remission writing on Instagram, I am blessed, I know that, but for now, remission, I'm going to just breathe. But the cancer came back, and in 2020, Doherty revealing that her stage four cancer had metastasized. Earlier this year, the charm star disclosing that the cancer had spread to her brain and that she had gone through surgery to remove a brain tumor. It was, you know, definitely one of the scariest, scariest things I've ever been through in my entire life. After surgery, for sure, my right hand, I couldn't, I couldn't hold the glass in my right hand. And a lot of that is, it's why they put you on so many steroids. It's to take down like any brain swelling. Doherty became a household name in the 90s when she starred as Brenda Walsh in the hit TV series, Beverly Hills 90210. So you're Brandon's sister, huh? Yeah, I'm Brandon's sister. The actress says that going through her cancer journey has taught her a lot about people. I've learned that sometimes people are great going through it initially, and then sometimes they hit a wall and they can't 
keep going through it with you. And despite the recent setback, Doherty says she'll continue to battle. I'm not done with life. I'm not done with living. I'm not done with loving. I'm not done with creating. I'm not done with hopefully changing things for the better. I'm just not, I'm not done. And Doherty's mother has been by her side throughout this, supporting her through every step of the way. And really interesting, Doherty said despite everything, she's still hopeful that she will find romantic love again. The new issue of People is available on newsstands nationwide on Friday, guys. Wow. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401 885 4209 in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401 885 4209. Three generations. They're available 24 7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off this shooting in Vermont over the course of the Thanksgiving weekend. Three men uh, walking down a street, apparently speaking Arabic, all Palestinian. Without saying a word, a guy comes out and uh, fires upon him. Now, police have caught and uh, found this individual, but right now, so far... They still have not charged this individual with a hate crime. What 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 can you tell us? Well, <clears throat> this is a tragic situation. I mean, these three guys were doing nothing provocative. Um, I guess they were wearing the traditional um, Palestinian uh, scarfs, if you will, uh, which would identify them as either pro-Palestinian or sympathizers or of Palestinian ethnicity, what have you. This guy comes out, fires at um, four shots, hits three of them. One guy might be paralyzed from the waist down. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible situation. Um, he's been charged so far with, um, I know, three counts of attempted murder, um, and I'm sure there'll be other associated gun charges. Um, whether or not this can be charged as a hate crime would require a little bit more digging. I mean, I'm sure they've already got this guy's, um, the defendant's um, computer or, you know, social media accounts. Uh, does he have any um, anti-Palestinian or anti-Arab or anti-Muslim manifestos, rhetoric, um, evidence of a hatred or a bias against people from this part of the world? Um, so far, the defendant obviously has said nothing. Um, if he never says anything and he has no social media f footprint and there's no people that he speaks to in his circle, let's assume there's people who say, I, mean, I can't wait to, you know, think of something crazy. I can't wait to take it out on Palestinians. I'd like to kill them or some something awful of that uh, strain. That would be anecdotal evidence of a hatred or bias against a group. And hate crimes typically require a bias based upon, obviously, race, religion, um, sexual orientation, um, things of this nature. Um, so they can't really charge them with a hate crime yet. I mean, we all presume it's a hate crime. Uh, it appears to be a targeting of these guys, and the only indicia of their ethnicity would be, I believe, the scarves that they were wearing. Um, but what else has this guy said or done, either online or to family and friends, which could come out to uh, confirm his um, anti-Palestinian bias? 
if there's no footprint and if he's not said anything to anyone and he's maybe a mentally unstable person, it might be more difficult to prove a hate crime. So I'm sure the cops are doing everything they can. They're pulling out all the stops to see if they can show the bias that we're talking about so that they can enhance the charges to include hate crime offenses. Tim Dodd, I believe from what we've understood about this shooting in Vermont, that when police knocked on his door, he basically put his hands up, came out, and said, I've been expecting you. But outside of that, he uh, all he would say is, I'd like a lawyer. And then his mother's saying, oh, no, he's a good guy and so forth. So by all accounts, I mean, what he did seemingly uh, hideous act. But aside from that, he if he's not talking... And then if he has an attorney, which he immediately, very disciplined, said, I'd like an attorney, cooperated with police as far as, you know, he wasn't resisting arrest. It it, it sounds like people don't realize, but they may have quite the, the challenge to try to charge him with a hate crime if he's not saying anything. That, that's right, John. And, you know, the, his behavior almost, um, he, he might have a mental defect um, um, defense. I mean, he walks out of his house, he shoots the guys, the shell casings are, I believe, on his front porch or on the street. He walks back in the house, and as you say, when the, when the cops appear, he puts his hands up and said, I've been expecting you. So he, he wasn't trying to hide this. I mean, and again, unless there's something where he's got a manifesto of some sort, if, as you say, He's got a lawyer. He's shutting his mouth, and the lawyer's keeping him quiet. Um, the cops might have a hard time showing a hate crime without some other extrinsic evidence. Yeah. Now, also, uh, Tim Dodd, closer to home, because he went to Brown University, uh, obviously a lot of attention on the Brown campus, and then you had the 20 students that were arrested. They would not leave the president's office. Uh, they purposely did this. Um, it, it was, you know, they knew they were going to get arrested for doing this, but police, the Brown university, the charges have essentially been dismissed. What, what, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's, um, well, I guess it's perplexing in the real world, but not so perplexing, um, in the academic, um, bubble over there at Brown university. Um, you're right. These 20 students who were charged with, um, trespass which is a petty misdemeanor it's not a big deal sort of a criminal charge but it is a criminal charge and it's something we have to go to court for and probably have to get lawyers and take time to go to court appearances but the um, university has um, asked that the charges against these 20 students be dropped uh, i think the the rationale is they want to take the temperature down on campus um, and deal with, you know, the um, pro-Israel versus pro-Palestine student forces on campus. Um, the university went on to say that um, these 20 students will still be subject to the school's disciplinary process. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's got these 20 people, you know, shaking in their, in their boots that they're going to be subjected to the Brown disciplinary process. I wouldn't be too worried that they're going to come out of that um, with any significant sort of punishment or um, academic black mark, which is going to follow them. I, I don't think so. You know, I've dealt with cases um, of other types within the disciplinary system at Brown, and um, it's relatively a kangaroo court. They'll get the outcome they're looking for. Um, so. These disciplinary hearings are typically composed of students and faculty members. So um, there you go. I, I don't think there's a chance that anything um, catastrophic will happen to any of these 20 students. I mean, is the message more important to try to bring calm to campus or is the message more important to say, if you break the law and you try to occupy the president's office, you will be prosecuted. By dismissing the charges, it seems to me that's going to embolden um, the next um, demonstration to yeah. say, hey, we can do this and there'll be no consequences. So um, 
again, in the little bubble of Brown University, I get why they're doing it. The bigger picture, it doesn't seem like the smart move from a um, law and order perspective, if you will. Um, t- folks, quick break. Much more ahead, our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today, all your plumbing needs, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work, guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401-743-9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, a new surge of migrants is coming to the southern border. Let's pick up the story with NBC News. Savannah, good morning. And we have seen vans carrying migrant men, women, and children arrive at this San Antonio shelter all night long. And it's really giving us a snapshot at what's happening nationwide. And I want to show you, if they can't get in, what the alternative is this morning since this shelter's at capacity. Dozens of migrant families, men, women, and children sleeping on sidewalks, doing whatever they can to stay out of the rain and the cold. That's all part of what authorities are calling a shift in migration trends now impacting states. Nationwide. You got it, you got it, you got it. A race to save lives on the Rio Grande. Texas state troopers pulling an unconscious migrant mother and her frightened kids to safety. The Marine unit confirming everyone here survived. But each encounter adding to what officials are calling a shift in migration trends. At San Antonio's Migrant Resource Center, Officials say they've been at or over capacity for months. When the shelter opened, how many people were you planning for? Maybe we made the plans for 700 people a day. And now? We have now 1,000 people on average at all times here. Many asylum seekers here waiting to get into the country, but also missing their families back home. Mom Yaris Castillo telling me it's hard to leave your mom and dad and your siblings, admitting she cried a lot on the dangerous four-month journey from Venezuela. Today, her family facing an uncertain future. Official migrant encounter numbers aren't in yet for November, but they've risen so much. This week, Customs and Border Protection says they're redirecting resources in Texas and Arizona to, quote, assist the U.S. Border Patrol with taking migrants into custody. The crisis along the southern border is also impacting cities nationwide. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says up to 3,000 migrants are pouring into the city each week. This is the number one issue that's facing the city right now. And in a city that's already seen frigid temperatures, Chicago is setting up shelters and camps to deal with what the Illinois governor is calling a humanitarian crisis. Winter is here. We want to make sure they have some place to go. In Washington... Lawmakers are hoping to strike a deal on the border, but so far, Republicans and Democrats have been unable to reach any agreement. It's been 37 years since there's been comprehensive immigration reform, and in that time, we've not seen the progress that we want, deserve, or need. Now, in response to Washington, Texas Governor Greg Abbott posted online saying that until President Biden secures the southern border, he will continue busing migrants to sanctuary cities. In the meantime, federal authorities say until those migrant numbers come down, the impact will stay put on those international crossings. Savannah? As I've said, uh, it's a major problem. It's a major problem in Rhode Island. You just don't hear anyone talk about it. It's obviously a problem in in Massachusetts. Um, But I I come back to, I have no idea why that was not more of an issue in the CD1 congressional race. Now, uh, Andrew Sorkin, who was the one that interviewed Elon Musk, 
I thought he did a great interview, by the way. He's a um, really interesting guy. He he spoke about his interview with Elon Musk with the Today Show. Let's bring in the man of the hour, CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin, who led that conversation yep. with Elon Musk at the New York Times Dealbook Summit. Hello, Andrew. So, Hello. I mean, what did you make of that? You've covered Elon Musk a long time. Here he is in the middle of this fire advertisers fleeing his company X, formerly known as Twitter, and then he has some, um, he does not mince words, shall I, we you say. You know, I think we, it, was, it was fascinating. I was speechless when he made those remarks, the ones that have gone viral. I do encourage people to see the whole thing, because in many ways, I think you got to see the full Elon Musk. I think you saw that Elon Musk is many people. Uh, mm -hmm. You can see the Einstein and sort of Steve Jobs version of Elon Musk. You can see a, almost a demonic version of Elon Musk. And the idea is, the question is, can people, People hold all of these ideas in their head, and can they be in the same person? What was so interesting to me was he kept saying, I don't care if I am mm -hmm. uh, loved or I'm hated, but what I kept trying to get back to was, do you care about being trusted? Uh, yeah. Because That's ultimately, the advertisers need to trust you. The folks who are going to get in your vehicles need to trust you. The government that's paying yeah. for SpaceX, putting these sp uh, rockets in, need to trust you. And, and we we were trying to grapple that, with that, and he was trying to grapple with that. Well, you talked about demonic, the demonic yeah. side. He talked about his own demons. Like, yeah. what did you glean about that part of him? Look, I think a lot of what drives him um, in very good ways and bad ways is a childhood. I mean, there was a moment where yeah. he was almost crying yeah. during this interview where you could really see uh, the demons that power a lot of this and it was it's sad there's a there is a depression under it um i, I don't want to uh i, I don't i don't want i don't want to say too much about and, and i can't diagnose it myself but yeah. there is something that that is driving him and i think it's in many ways it's productive and in other ways it's it's less yeah. productive yeah. i mean you know we're talking about the world's richest man 225 yeah. billion dollars and his contributions to modern society are undeniable in yeah. so many ways to your point, you've covered him for a long time. How do you think it plays out? I mean, how does this, where, where does this go for, from here for Elon Musk? I mean, does he tank X? Does it get sold? Does, like, how, right. how do you? So he likes to say he doesn't care and he was yeah. ready to, mm -hmm. he cares. He cares a lot. You can see it. You yeah. can physically see how much he cares. So I think, look, I think you're going to see great and amazing things happen along the way. And I also imagine you're going to see other things like, and maybe X will ultimately fail. I don't know, but I think he's going to try uh, his heart to get this thing. In a way, it's the work. least of it. I mean, he it's has the hands. It, you know, I mean, X it either right. succeeds, it doesn't succeed. You're talking about somebody who has an enormous influence in global right. affairs, yes. including things such as the war in Ukraine, because right. it's his satellite system he can turn on or right. turn off, yes. and that's how soldiers on the ground are able to fight. Or and we not talked fight. about, but we talked about that, the power that he has yeah. and the leverage that he has, and it's interesting because he, he has all that leverage in these physical systems that he owns, but he doesn't have that leverage in, in, in Twitter, in X. Mm. It's, a, it's, a different, mm -hmm. it's a different business. But the other thing I was just going to say that was so interesting to me about it was it was human. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's those little, that page in Us magazine that says they're just like us. Yeah. No matter how much money you have, what your business title on your business card, there are these feelings that yeah. people have, and, and they're complicated. And I think being able to see that we often don't have that opportunity. Yeah. So um, fascinating interview. Interesting. Yeah. Really interesting interview. I recognize um, Elon Musk. I, I, he's taken some flack. I love that he, how he struck back. And let me just play that piece again. He he scoffed at the boycott. Say during a interview with CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin, including taking on accusations that he has amplified anti-Semitism on his social media company X. We're going to actually talk to Andrew in just a moment. But first, NBC's Emily Aketa has details on this. Hey, Em, good morning. Good morning to you. You said it. It was a long and remarkably candid interview it covering was. a wide range of topics from AI and unions to Tesla and SpaceX. And after apologizing for that controversial post, Musk had his strongest words for advertisers now leaving his platform. A defiant appearance by billionaire businessman Elon Musk. Go yourself. Is that clear? The richest man in the world speaking out in an interview with CNBC's Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times Steelbook Summit amid a firestorm of criticism over his inflammatory comments on social media. Earlier this month, Musk appeared to endorse an anti-Semitic post on X that accused Jewish communities of pushing hatred against white people, 
writing the actual truth, a response that unleashed a barrage of backlash from the White House to a wave of companies, including NBC's parent company Comcast, pulling their advertising from X, which reportedly could cost the social media platform up to $75 million. And Musk potentially adding fuel to the fire last night, emphatically scoffing at the advertiser boycott. If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. Is that clear? I, I hope it is. Hey, Bob. Musk appearing to specifically call out Disney CEO Bob Iger, wow. who was also no, interviewed actually, earlier. And by him taking the position that he took in quite a public manner, um, we just felt that the association with that position and, and Elon Musk and X was not necessarily a positive one for us. Last night, Musk did later admit an advertising boycott could kill the company and apologize for his original inflammatory tweet. I'm sorry for that, that, that tweet or post. It was foolish of me. I tried my best to clarify uh, six ways to Sunday. He also recently traveled to Israel to meet with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and toured a kibbutz ravaged in Hamas's attack. Musk insisting it was not an apology tour. And separately in the interview, Musk voiced concerns about artificial intelligence, saying the developing tech is more dangerous than nuclear bombs and calling for more regulation. Just one of many head-turning comments last night. I thought it was really interesting. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week at Med Urgent Care. When you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to at Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be, at Med Urgent Care comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility there's two locations one near you johnston right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich that's right across from felicia's when you need and i need urgent care you want at med urgent care again two locations 1524 atwood avenue in johnston in the atwood medical center and 5750 post road east greenwich Seven days a week, doctors and nurses at Med Urgent Care. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area, always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. <laughs> 